The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Prepare us, O God, to hear your word through the scriptures of this day. Confront us with your claims on our lives. Clarify the choices we must make if our lives are to have meaning and purpose. Help us to respond to the one who came as the bread of life, so we may know life at its fullest and best. Amen. The lesson today is from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. At the age of 24, I believed my being ordained was an impossible reality. Regardless of God's call upon my life and my faithfulness to God, I believed ordination to be impossible. And so for a period of time, I shut and locked the door on being ordained. At the age of 32, I believed building a church was an unlikely, even disastrous endeavor. People told me that, that my vision for this unborn church wasn't sustainable. It would fail. I would fail. You cannot build a church based on intimacy, quality. Can you believe that? They told me that. You have to focus on quantity, John. you got to pack them in. That's where it is. 
And so for a period of time, I shut and locked the door on building a church. How many times in your life have you believed in the impossible? How many times in your life have you shut the door on possibility and permitted the impossible to limit your life? How many times in your life have you told yourself, that can never happen, it's impossible? Not in my wildest dreams can that ever come true. I'll never achieve it, I will fail if I try. This is it, all there is, all that I will ever be. No way, not now, not ever. I suspect each of us has bumped up against the impossible in our lives. And each of us live day to day with our own version of what is and what is not possible. Most of the time we live our life based on what we consider to be possible. We consider the range of possibilities. And then we make a decision. We choose a direction for our life. We take the next step, all within the boundaries of possibility. Feasible, but it's practical. And that's certainly a safe and reasonable way to live, but is it really living? Is it a life lived to the fullest? What if life, your life, my life, our life, is meant to be bigger than what we deem possible? Consider the first evening of Easter, as Quinn so eloquently read earlier. The disciples are gathered in a room. The doors are locked. It's impossible for someone to get in. They've made sure of that. They are scared. Mary has told them, Jesus is alive. Some even witnessed the empty tomb. Then the impossible happened. Jesus showed up. Mary spoke the truth. He's alive. He came and stood among them. He breathed peace upon them. That didn't happen just once. It happened twice. Twice, Jesus stepped into the room of frightened disciples, hiding behind their locked doors of impossibility. And he offered them the possibility of new life. When has that happened for you? When has new life been offered to you when you believed it to be impossible? When has the impossible been made real for you? What did you do? Did you stay behind your locked door? Or 
accept the possibility of new life. Most of you know I am ordained. (laughs) The impossible made possible. It wasn't easy. It was the hardest journey of my life. It took a village of love and guidance and protection and personal fortitude to get me to that moment. I don't recommend it. I do love Jesus. I wouldn't change my vocation for anything in the world. But that candidacy process, Lord have mercy. (laughs) In the impossible, unsustainable, unborn church, well, you are it. In this month, you turned seven years old. My locked doors of impossibility opened for me along my journey. Never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that one day I would be ordained or the parent of a new church. But I am. And I cannot explain exactly how it all happened. Some parts are absolute mystery to me. But I do know that God in Christ stepped through my locked doors and offered me another way, a fuller way. And for my part, I just had to keep the doors open. And so I wonder, what possibilities have you locked out of your life? Can you name your locked doors of impossibility? Why are they locked? Are you afraid to consider the impossible possible? As Christians, we are witnesses to the impossible made possible. You know this, right? You seem a little uncertain of yourselves. <laughs> Christian, right? <laughs> and you believe in the impossible made possible. Let me give you some examples of what you should believe, <laughs> what I think you believe. God became human in Jesus. Impossible. Who would believe God would become one of us? A virgin gives birth to a child. How can this be? That's not only Mary's question, it's our question too. That kind of thing is impossible. 5,000 are fed with two fish and five loaves of bread. Until it happened, it was thought impossible. Martha knows the impossibility of her brother Lazarus coming out of the tomb. Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. And then that dead man came walking out of that tomb. And then there's Jesus' own resurrection. Mary's good news of the empty tomb seemed to the men an idle tale. They did not believe. But we, we know better. The impossible made possible. All of it. We are the believers in the impossible made possible. We are witnesses. 
So why aren't you living that way? It seems to me it's those impossible places. It's your locked doors where Jesus is always showing up. Even if you don't want him to. It's where he's showing up. It's where he's showing up and where he's offering resurrected life. So what if, instead of starting with what you consider possible and reasonable and practical, you start with what you consider impossible? Start there. I don't know what will happen. You don't either. So don't dismiss my advice. However, you will never know unless you consider the impossible possible. And I believe, and I know from personal experience, life is meant to be bigger than what we merely deem to be possible. Thanks be to God. Amen.